In the name of God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. So, if you've heard me give a, a, a sermon before, you may, have, you may have spotted that I don't very often talk about things that are going on in the headlines or the newspapers. I usually, it's just an exposition of the Scripture. Um, I think that's my job. I think my job is to make as plain as I can the meaning of the Scriptures, and then you will have the wherewithal that you need to sort your way through the headlines of the day. But I'm making an exception this morning. I know everybody's very concerned about the uh, coronavirus. I've had a letter from our bishop about that, so I'm going to do two things. One, I'm going to talk about what we're going to do in order to be prudent here at the cathedral uh, in response to this threat to the public health. And then I want to talk about what this uh, threat to the public health, what it means for our faith. It, it's, a, it's a challenge to our faith, and it's an opportunity for faith, and I want to talk about those things. So first of all, about, about prudence. Prudence is one of the natural virtues. To get through this life, you need the natural virtues, and then you also need what are called the the theological or the supernatural virtues. Now, uh, one of the natural virtues is prudence, and the bonus question for the day is what are the other ones? The theological virtues are faith, hope, and love. And they're on your, under your feet, as I've said before, they're under your feet as you walk through the choir and up to the high altar, the cross is faith, the anchor is hope, right? St. Paul says if in this life only we hope. We are of all people to be the most pitied. We have an eternal hope, and the symbol of that is our anchor in eternity, and then the heart that's on fire, love, charity. Sometimes it said faith, hope, and charity, faith, hope, and love. It's this love which is the heart of Jesus Christ on love with fire for his Father and on love with fire for his brothers and sisters. To get through life, you need at least the natural virtues, and you really need the supernatural virtues. And the supernatural virtues, they, they, um, uh, they incorporate and they perfect the natural virtues. So prudence is a natural virtue. And the ancient Greeks tell us that prudence is a balance. It's a mean. Um, you know, uh, somebody who is prudent is not a coward. Somebody who is prudent is not foolhardy. Right? So we're going to be, we're going to need prudence to respond appropriately to this uh, um, the coronavirus, this, this, this challenge to the, to the public health. There's a letter that our bishop has written to us to give us some guidance about this. There are copies of it on the narthex uh, table back there. Uh, it's full of a lot of common sense things, you know. If you're sneezing and coughing, probably it would be a favor to your neighbors to, to you know, stay, stay by yourself for a while. It, you know, if in the course of this thing, anybody in this congregation should become really sick, you must call me, you know, so that we can come and bring you the sacraments of the church and every consolation of the Christian faith. So you must let us know. Actually says that in the prayer book when somebody in the congregation is sick. The clergy shall be notified, it says. Shall be, it says. You know, you look at that. It's in the form for um, uh, prayers for the, for the sick. So, uh, one of the things that the bishop has asked us to do, everything spreads by, by, from hand to hand. So the bishop has asked us during this crisis, 
that when we share the peace, to share the peace by some sign of reverence rather than by shaking hands, just to be, just to be, just to be prudent. So we just, you know, we, we express the peace to each other, but not by, not by shaking hands. Now, everybody has a question about what about the common cup? The common cup is very, is very safe. Uh, the bishop quotes a, a study about that in, in, in his letter. I can just say this. I've been a priest. In June, it'll be 39 years, right? I, uh, already 39 years, I'm, I'm a deacon in, in, in ordained service. I have, I have drained countless thousands, I reckon, of chalices after you all have got done drinking out of them. And I get sick at about the same rate. Actually, I think I get sick at about a little bit, not quite as much as a lot of people do. Um, I, 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 but I, you know, I, can, I certainly catch things. I don't think I've ever caught anything from, from, from the chalice. And these things that we're going through now have come before. There have been other, I won't name them, but there have been other, there have been other scares. Some of them, believe it or not, scarier, scarier than this. So, in my view, the, the, the chalice is, is very, uh, uh, very safe. Uh, uh, removing the chalice from the faithful would be a last, uh, a last resort. So we're going to offer communion in both bread and the wine. They'll both be offered. The one thing that is problematic, a little problematic, is the practice of intinction. Uh, now, we have had at the cathedral the most hygienic way of doing intinction, which is you, if you want to intinct, you save the host, and then either the deacon or one of the other ministers of communion takes it from you. And do it. It's still a lot of hands, right? It's just a lot of hands, right? And so um, uh, in addition to what the, what the bishop has recommended, uh, we're going to sus I'm going to suspend intinction for the time being, temporary, temporarily. So we've got bread, we've got wine. Now, the Holy Communion is completely valid in one kind alone. Whether you take, you know, so um, I've given communion to people in the hospital. They've been so sick they couldn't even eat a morsel of bread. I put a little drop of wine on their lips. It's the, it's, it's the full humanity and divinity of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ in that, in that drop. Um, and likewise, the host alone is, is the full humanity and divinity of the, uh, of, this, of the Savior. Um, and it has long been the custom here at the cathedral to bring the sacrament to the sick and to the shut-in in one kind only, in, in the bread, in terms of the bread. So we're, this is, we're not very far from our, our, standard, uh, our standard practice here. So I think the cup is safe. If you don't, that's fine. Just take communion in one kind alone. We won't be doing intinction until uh, things clear up a little bit. We'll be, we'll be prudent in that way. There's going to be uh, lots of hands, hand cleanser around. Uh, the ministers of communion are already diligent to wash th their hands thoroughly before every communion, and I'm going to ask them to redouble and be more, even more diligent uh, uh, about that. And we will be prudent, all right? We'll be prudent. Now, we need prudence in response to something like this. We also need faith, hope, and love. And this is a challenge to our faith. Now, the opposite of faith is not unbelief. The opposite of faith is anxiety. The opposite of faith is fear. Right? Right? Now, 
faith has the component of belief, right? And you're not going to get the trust. The, there's two components to faith. You've heard me talk about this a lot. I always go back to this metaphor of Martin Luther. I know no better explanation of faith than Martin Luther's explanation of faith. A man is drowning, he says. You've heard this, me say this before. A man is drowning and a piece of the wreck floats by. He believes it'll hold him up. He, he has a belief it will hold him up. But then he swims over and he puts his trust in it. And he finds out whether it can save him or not. Right? So to have the life of faith, which is a gift that comes from above, as Jesus says to Nicodemus. And where does it start? It, well, it, it's a gift that comes from above. Normally, it starts with baptism. And Jesus is talking to Nicodemus about baptism, about water and the Spirit, how he has begun again the life of the faithful people of God in his own baptism and invited us to come, come into that. So it's a gift. Faith is always a gift. It's not something that we gin up on our own, right? But faith is a gift, but it's also something that is practiced. There are disciplines of faith. And the practice of the faith and the pursuit of the disciplines of faith, things like coming here week by week, availing ourselves of the sacraments, reading the scriptures. During this time, don't neglect to read the scriptures, and especially don't neglect to read the Psalms. Have some kind of scheme where you get a little bit of Bible every day, and particularly one of the, a little, even a portion of the Psalms every day. Why is that? Because they are the record of the mighty saving deeds of God, of how he has saved and preserved his people over and over and over again. And as we're going through the time, this time, you need that reassurance. We all need that reassurance. So here's the, here's the problem. Maybe you've had this experience. You're driving somewhere with somebody and you're on a mountain road and you're driving and it's, it's, it's nerve wracking enough to be driving, but the person next to you is freaking out, right? It's really hard not to catch it. It's really hard not to get fearful with them. Now, it's a secular society. Many people do not believe in God. Many people, many people believe this is the only life that there is. Some people believe in some kind of a God, but they don't believe in the God of the Bible. They don't believe in the God who, well, Jesus is talking about when he talks about the good shepherd that goes in search of the one sheep that is lost, or that Jesus is talking about when he talks about how even the hairs of your head are numbered. Somewhat easier in my case than in some others, right? Uh, how even a sparrow does not fall to the ground, but what the Lord knows it altogether. Many people do not believe in it. It's not the dominant belief in our society. Right? And if you think this is the only life that there is, this is what can easily happen to you. It won't automatically happen. And some people are braver than other people, and we all have some things that scare us more than other things. You know, and some people get very scared of illnesses. Other people don't worry about it so much. But if you think that this is the only life that there is, here's what can happen to you. You can be so fearful about this life, which is all you've got and all you'll ever have, that you spend your whole life looking over your shoulder and you never live the life that you've got. And, and, and Jesus Christ has come that we might have life and abundant life, eternal life. And the life that he's come to give us is the life that he's talking to Nicodemus about, which is the life of faith, 
which is a life of belief and trust. Now, this moment that we're going through is a challenge to us to clarify our beliefs. And to trust in the Lord, to trust in the Lord, to put our whole weight upon him and find that he's mighty to save. And if we will trust in him, we will know in whom we have believed. Here's what I want to say. You're, everybody here is going to be fine. You're all going to be okay. How do I know this? Can I guarantee that you won't get this disease? No. In fact, I can't guarantee that you won't get something much worse. In fact, some of you sitting here today are dealing with something already that's much worse. But I know this, that whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. And we hope in more than this life. And that we believe in a God not who is far off and uh, sits as a disinterested spectator, but a God who numbers the hairs on our heads, has a plan for our lives, inter intervenes in the lives of men and women, and guides events. Uh, he is a God who is capable of preserving us. He is a God who is capable of protecting us. It is meet and right that we should pray to him for protection and uh, preservation for ourselves and for our neighbors. In the mystery of God's providence, some of us may get ill. In the mystery of God's providence, some of us may die. We will be okay. We will be okay. For whether we live or whether we die, we are the Lord's. And for those who trust in him, he has in store better things than you can ask or imagine. And what he wants from us is in the midst of this contagious panic. So viruses are contagious. You can catch a virus. Fear is contagious. You can catch fear. Faith and trust are contagious. You can catch them as well. We are, we are called to be the good contagion. We are called to be the people from whom the world can, can uh, imbibe a contagious faith, trust, belief. Wouldn't it be wonderful if your neighbors could say about you, you seem so calm, you seem so together, you seem so at peace. How can we get this? It's, it's absolutely human to be unnerved by all this, but if you find the panic rising up in yourself, then just redouble your Christian disciplines. Pray. Get a little bit of scripture reading. Look for the good works that God has prepared for you to walk in. If people get as sick as some of the people are saying people are going to get, there's going to be plenty of good works for us to, to, to walk in. And, 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 and know this, that God is in charge and he, that he has a providential and special care for each and every one of us. And that... Um, all, he, he, he governs all things. And uh, this can look bad, but it is of the nature of God that he brings good out of bad. Um, 
we um, have available to us more than the natural virtues that most people have available to them. And this will call strongly upon the natural virtues. But we have available to us supernatural, a gift from above of faith, hope, and love. So um, let us practice our faith that our vessels for receiving the gifts that God wants to give us might enlarge, and that this blessing that I pray over you at the end of every Eucharist, now the peace of God that passeth all understanding, keep your hearts and minds in the knowledge of love of God, and of your Son, our Lord Jesus Christ. All right, the peace of God that passeth all understanding. We practice our faith so the vessel that we are can be enlarged so that God can pour more and more of it into us. And as we receive that grace and learn that he is mighty to save and trust with all our strength upon him, we know him in whom we have believed. And the world seeing us with our faith and our hope and our love and our trust, hmm, they will know something too. So let this be. Amen.